Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Talking City podcast here by the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host Ash Barami and I'm pleased as always to be joined by Tywin Marshall. Good morning. And Stu Brennan. Good morning. And Stu, it's probably been about a million and one miles since you last recorded your last City podcast. Um, you won't have to go in very far to see the best of the bunch though. I mean, 8-0 against Watford. Wow. Like, you, what, what more can you say? Yeah, and yet, I mean, there were people there who made a reasonable point that it's probably not the best City have played. Um, I asked I asked Bernardo that after the game, you know, is that the best performance you've, you've been involved in? And he said, "No, I don't think so." He said, "There've been there've been better ones in the last in the last two years since he's been there." And you, you know what he means. I mean, Watford weren't great, but that isn't taking anything away from what City did. You know, they were they were, they were exceptional. Um, but when you when you've got those two things together, you've got City on it, and you've got Watford giving them as much space as they could possibly desire. You're going to get a situation like that, and also the fact that everything they hit went in. You know, you don't score five goals in the first 18 minutes without a degree of good fortune. Um, but, but, you know, City make their own fortune by creating the chances and and, and having the quality to stick them away. Um, but it wasn't City at their ultimate. You know, you, you kind of feel that there, there is still a little more that they could, they could produce. You know, you can imagine them doing that against a good team. You know, I'm not no disrespect to Watford, but you could imagine City. I mean, they did it last season. They beat Chelsea six 0 of course. But you can imagine them hitting seven or eight against one of the top six teams. Yeah, and I'm, I think it was Pep after the game. He said it was a weird game, wasn't it? I mean, everything. It's not usual that like, you scored that many chances. You do get. I mean, I think, I guess the weird thing afterwards probably wasn't the eight 0 but probably just how fast City. St- raced into a five-goal lead. I think that's probably more surprising than anything. Yeah, I mean, that that was weird. I, I don't think any of us have been at a game before where it's 5 nil after 18 minutes. It was absolutely bizarre. And it was quite strange in that between City going 1-0 up and 2-0 up, Watford actually threatens a bit. Delafeu skinned Otamendi at one point. Edison had to make a save. There were a couple of near misses around the, the City box. But then as soon as the second went in, it was a spell, like Pep said, that it was basically five shots, five goals at, at that point. Um, yeah, you don't get a, a five and after 18 minutes and an 8-0 win without one team being exceptional and the other not being very good. And I mean, for the first 20 minutes at least, Watford were a total embarrassment, a complete and utter embarrassment. But City were absolutely exceptional. Some of the quality of their their passing and the moves. I mean, De Bruyne was outstanding all game, but the first 20 minutes, he was completely unplayable. Some of the, the quality on show was, was phenomenal. And sorry, were Watford as bad as what they were, or was it just City's brilliance, or was it a mixture of both? Would you yeah, think? Yeah, it was a mixture of both. I mean, we, Ben Foster, the Watford keeper, stopped in the mix zone to talk to journalists after fair, fair play to him. I'm not sure I would have stopped after conceding eight goals. But to be fair, he could hold his head up because... 
it wasn't none of it was his fault really you know he, he was he was as much a victim um but it was interesting to hear what he said about it um and you'd expect him to say talk about the quality of City's passing or the quality of their finishing but the thing that he honed in on was their aggression you know the fact that they they hunt you down and they press you and the the team shape is perfect uh they don't give you a second on the ball uh, and he talked about that he, he said how City players are all specimens all good physical specimens now in the past when you've talked about that with footballers you're talking about you know Patrick Vieira or, or something of that ilk you know a big a six foot two powerhouse who can play football as well um, but it's interesting that he, he called City that you know he's sort of saying that they're all top athletes you know and they're perfectly tuned for what they need to be which is chase for 90 minutes don't give you a second on the ball and, and Harry you into mistakes and that's exactly what, what City did um, I mean Ben Foster's comments were really really interesting uh, and I think they made a good read so that, that's when you could check out on the, the Evening News website because it's uh, what he said was uh, was quite enlightening really about just how difficult it is facing this City team when they're when they're right on it and he, he, had, he was talking, also talked about the sympathy he had for his teammates because we're, we're saying that Watford were, were rubbish but I think they were just caught in the headlights. You know, they, they just didn't know what to do. And that goes back to uh, Kevin De Bruyne talking about Everton a couple of seasons ago when, when City were, were were exceptional. And he said you could see in the Everton players' faces that they just did not know how to deal with it. They could not cope. They weren't equipped to deal with it. So, you know, you have some sympathy for Watford. Um of course, the contrast is with, with Norwich the week before, but City weren't anywhere near as good at Norwich um, as, as they were in, in that game. But yeah, it's like you say, it's a combination of the two. City brilliant, Watford just not being able to cope. Yeah, and it was almost like Watford were just the victims of having to be the next league game after Norwich, wasn't it? Because you saw the quote comments from Rodri after mm. Norwich saying, we're almost going to kill our opponents, our next <laughs> opponents. And, you, I think you suggested as well that you don't want to make this team angry and it, yeah, it was just definitely. one of them. They were unfortunate to be the next in line. They were a little bit, yeah. I mean, City City play with a, an intensity all the time and the only way you're going to get near them in a game is if you match that intensity. Stu mentioned it there, the way they, they press and even at 6-0, 7-0 in the second half, they were herring after Watford players trying to get the ball back and it is that that intensity and aggression that they play with that, that can be startling to opponents. If the opposition match it, then... You know, if they're in the game, at least you'd still back City's quality to, to come through. But if the opposition don't get near that intensity and you add City's quality in, that's when you get scores like the 6 0, 7 0, and 8 0s that they so regularly do. And on, on Saturday, they had the quality on Watford and they had the intensity on Watford. And, and that's when they do so much damage. And there were certain elements, I think, of, although Pep said it wasn't the case afterwards and that these players have nothing to prove, I think there was certainly a case of wanting to get knowledge out of the system at the very least. Yeah. And Stu, there's been, I mean, since that Norwich game, City have played twice and not conceded. Fernandinho's obviously now dropped into that defensive position. How do you think he? How do you think he's fared in that? Obviously, they haven't conceded, but how do you think he's fared in that position? Do you think he's brought a, almost like just steadiness to that back four? Yeah, he's brought all his experience to bear, and he's such a such a smart footballer. Um, that you know, you you don't worry about him that much. The, the only the only downside of it is is the physicality you know how will City deal with it when when, when they, I mean 
Watford didn't have Tridini. That would have been interesting if they'd had Tridini on Saturday. Um, because he, in the past, he, he well, he knocks Premier League defenders around. Vincent Company dealt with him brilliantly last season. And every other time they've played, he's, you know, Company's not going to be intimidated by Dini. Um, but you can imagine Dini giving Otamendi and certainly Fernandinho a hard time. And there are others in the Premier League who are capable of doing that. So that that'll be the, the biggest issue. And to be fair, it, he wasn't really um, tested, challenged, or tested uh, either by Shakhtar Donetsk or by or by Watford. So there will be others others to come. But you know, he's, he's shown what a good tackler he is. He times his tackles well. He's shrewd in terms of his positioning. Uh, he pulled off a couple of really superbly timed tackles against Watford, and he also uh, hit a. 50-yard pass to Bernardo, which Bernardo took under under control instantly. So again, that that's such a big big aspect of what Emerick Laporte brings to City. Those those balls out to the, especially from left to right on the flank, um, that, that switches the play in an instant. Um, that, that's an important part. And Fernandinho did that. He only he only did it once or twice on Saturday, but it's he's got it he's got it in his game. So uh, in terms of the football side of it the passing and so on he's, he's every bit as good if not better than Emery Laporte um, do you think he is sorry do you think he is the answer until Laporte returns uh, yeah yeah I think he is um, there's a lot of clamour about Eric Garcia um, I think Garcia's a great prospect and he, he's he's clearly got a lot he, he's so mature Garcia that, that's part of the thing with him he's uh you can see him talking to senior colleagues. You know, we seen we saw him on tour last season when he was he was only just seventeen, I think, and yet he was he was shouting at much older players and getting them in position and uh, talk talking to his back four. Um, and I know Ty has got. I'll let him explain a little story about what Pep said about him um, this weekend when he came on and made his his Premier League debut. Um, but for me, he's still a little bit little bit short certainly that physicality he's still got a little bit of growing to do to play in the Premier League that that would be my concern with him so yeah Fernandinho can do it and Pep loves having midfielders he'd play 11 midfielders we know that if he, if they, if he's allowed um, so playing a midfielder at centre-back he's done it in the past at Barcelona um, so it won't be a won't be an issue with him Ty Go on, enlighten us with this story. Yeah, well, Pep was asked by one of the by Paul, one of the Spanish journalists, about Garcia after the the game on Saturday, and he talked him up again as he does and said how much he loved him. But he said it was a fascinating story and it's incredible insight into someone for eighteen. Really, so before the game, City were doing the warm up and City weren't sure. Guardiola and his coaching staff weren't sure if Watford were going to play four at the back or five at the back, and obviously City would approach it in a slightly different way depending on which version it was. So they do the warm-ups and they come off and then Garcia goes over to Pep and says, I've been watching their warm-up and they've been doing movements for four at the back. So Garcia is an 18-year-old. He's doing his own warm-up and has watched Watford's warm-up, realised the formation they're going to play and has gone and told his manager it's four at the back, not five at the back, which turned out to be true. Leadership like that, isn't it? I mean, it's absolutely incredible. Next manager. Yeah. Manager by the time he's 25. (laughs) It is. I mean, it it is strange to speak of someone at 18 as management material, but when you're analysing the game in that detail at 18 and having the confidence to to see it, because a lot of young players might have seen it and thought, I'm not sure, I don't, not sure I really want to tell Pep Guardiola what they're doing. Yeah. To have the confidence and the belief to go and say, listen, boss, it's going to be, I've been watching, it's going to be four at the back. 
I mean, that's just incredible. And, you know, Pep has spoken about his leadership and maturity in the past and you see it right there and also his intelligence to understand the game. I think he's a, a hell of a prospect and it was a fascinating insight really into just what he's like as a, as a player. You can imagine Pep doing that. Yeah, as a, yeah definitely. <laughs> that was you the first thing that struck me. That, yeah. that is so Pep-like, you know. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the way of him getting into that first team, cementing the place, do you see maybe like you, you should have a chance maybe tomorrow night? I mean, that could be a good opportunity for him to maybe not even just centre-back, but also defensive midfield. Do you think he has that in him to maybe go a bit further up and play in defensive midfield if he is needed? I think players like that can play almost anywhere. Mm. You know, when you've got that kind of intelligence, uh, certainly... Certainly, those two roles interchangeable. Um, I mean, there's been talk about John Stones playing defensive mid- midfield quite a bit. They've been talk about. Uh, I mean, Pep mentioned Rodri possibly playing centre back as well. Um, certainly, in a, in a Pep team, you know, you, they're, they're, very, they're quite similar positions in, in in quite a lot of ways. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he could, but I'm sure, pretty sure he'll start at centre back at Preston in, in the League Cup. Um, that that is his position, um, and he's he's an organizer, as I said, as, as well as being a a good defender. You know, he, he looks after himself and his own game, but he's, he's he sees what's going on in other people's games as well, uh, and he completely understands Pep's system. So you know, he, he, he is a, he's a terrific prospect. The only thing, as I said, the only thing that concerns me is his physicality a little bit at times. I've seen him get bullied bullied off the ball last season when he played. But then again, he's a year older now, you know, at that age. Um, a year is quite a long time in terms of your physical development. Um, and it, it'd be nice to see, I mean, the other, the other centre-back that's, that's been talked about, I mean, Pep confirmed that he's in the in the first-team squad. Taylor Harwood-Bellis, who Garcia plays with at, has played with at youth level, level a number of times, um, is different again. You know, he's six foot two, Typical English centre half gets up and heads it. Is a threat in the other box as well as in his own. He tackles hard. He's got he's got a, a lot of aggression about him, but he can play football. And you kind of think if if they can develop the two of them together, that is a great centre back pairing in years to come. I mean, there are a lot of pitfalls between now and then, but if they could bring them bring them through, it's a classic combination of the the smaller. Um, a smaller tactician, the, the thinker, and the big aggressive one who can also play a little bit. Yeah, and we'll get on to that Carabao Cup fixture tomorrow night in, in a short while. But another player, I mean, who seems to have almost settled into City now is Riyad Mahrez. Mm-hmm. And he, you've, you've started you've seeing him. And he, I mean, how impressed have you been by him, Ty? I mean, last season there was talk about him maybe not adapting to Pep's style of play, but mm-hmm. this year. He does look. He does look a lot better, doesn't he? He looks like the player that won Player of the Year when Leicester won the league. Won the league this year. You know, he, he's been absolutely fantastic. And I think it, it was a funny one when he signed because he's not really a Pep winger as such. The way the way this team plays, the, they tend to have players who, you know, we've seen that ball across the the box and and you know get to the byline. One wing gets to the byline, the others at the far post to tuck it away. We see that goal so many times. Yet Mares is is not really a byline winger. He, he comes inside a lot, yeah. looks for through balls, cuts in on his left foot. Um, so I think it's perhaps taken him a little bit of time to to get used to it, and also perhaps time for City to get used to him. But you see, in this year, that the best of him, I thought he was fantastic on on Saturday. His run for the free kick was was what we saw against Leicester for the third goal I think whether it was his goal or a cleverly owned goal I'm not sure but 
the, the run for the free kick was fantastic. He, you know, sold a dummy near the halfway line and then just glided past challenges as if they weren't there. And he does look on on top form at the moment. And I think it's a real conundrum for Pep in, in who he picks out wide at the moment, considering you've got Sterling and Bernardo as well. And it, it kind of shows that, it shows you why City might not have been too fearful of losing Sane to Bayern in the summer if it hadn't been for his injury. Because if you throw Sane into that mix as well, you've got four you know, exceptionally high quality wingers trying to get into to two places in the team and I don't really know how you'd keep them all happy to be honest at the moment. Yeah. Stu, how impressed have you been with Mahrez? Yeah, usually. I mean, I felt sorry for him last season. I mean, I was getting Algerian fans were bombarding <laughs> me on social media saying, why isn't he in the team? He's, he's the best player at City. And you can understand it because, you know, he's, he's a top class player. I mean, Pep, Pep said it himself last season that he's been very unlucky in that he's behind... Bernardo and Raheem Sterling, who were City's two most consistent players last season, probably. You know, they just they just played from game to game, just didn't have any bad ones. Um, and Mares needed a run of games. And Pep said, if Mares gets a run of games, he will be at the same level as Bernardo and Raheem Sterling. And we've seen that to be the case. He's got that run of games this season. Well, it started at the end of last season, didn't he? He went to Brighton. I think that goal was a big one for him at Brighton, mm. scoring that goal, which which pretty, which eased the pressure. And it was such a great quality goal. I think that kind of that helped him. Uh, it must have been. I mean, I know he's been he's been perfectly professional. There's been no trouble with him whatsoever, even though he's a record buy who couldn't get in the team for most of last season. Uh, so he's done himself a favour with that. He's just he's just conducted himself well. He's got his chance. He scored that great goal. Um, he, he stayed in for the cup final, and then this season he's he's sort of ridden on the back of that. And when, whenever he's had his chance, he's been, he's been extremely good. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's like it's like Ty said, you know, he's he's not he's not a typical City winger, but they've, they've, I mean, Bernardo is similar in some ways in that he's he's not a hit the byline, get the crossing kind of player. Um, but I think Pep probably thinks back to the. Um, the time when Leicester hammered City 4-2 in his first season uh, and Mahrez was was very, very good in that game as well and he was bringing other players in, into play. You know, he has got that ability to, to go past people and create chances and create chances for himself on his left foot but he brings other players into play and the, the um, i trying to think, it was Gundogan's goal at Shakhtar Donetsk in midweek reminded me a little bit of that last Leicester game in terms of him, him just playing a nice little ball through for Gundogan perfectly into his path. Um, he, he did a similar thing for, for Vardy in that in that, that game at Leicester. So he, he's, he's got all he's got a lot of different aspects to his game. You know, he creates for himself, he creates for others, and uh, he puts he puts defenders on the back foot. Um, and I think yeah, he's he's been he's been absolutely top class. And it's it's a massive dilemma. I mean, I know I know managers say it's a headache that they like to have when they've got so many players to choose from. But I'm not so sure because keeping them all happy, uh, even if they're very professional, they're going to be grumpy. They're going to be upset if they're not in the team, especially if they've done nothing wrong. If you've done nothing, if you've done something wrong, if you had a bad game and you're left out, you can't complain. But that doesn't happen at City. You have a good game and you get left out, and that must be quite difficult to to cope with. Would you keep him in the starting eleven? Say everyone's fit. Is he? Would he be your first choice? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, right, right now, probably yes. Yeah, no. For me, I think I'd still have Sterling and Bernardo at the moment. Unless you, I mean, 
could always play Bernardo in one of the sort of number eight roles, but then you're probably taking David Silva out of the team. I mean, there's just no easy answer. And I mean, in a way, Pep's probably relieved that he's got so many games at the moment with the Champions League group stages and things like that. And it, I mean, it wouldn't hugely, well, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Mares perhaps played against Preston on, when is it, tomorrow night, tomorrow night, Tuesday night, and then didn't play on Saturday. I think you probably play one of those three wingers against Preston and I think he's probably the most likely. But I still think, and you've got to have Sterling in there, I think. You can't not play Sterling at the moment. So you're basically looking who plays on the right between Mares and Bernardo. Yeah, a lot of the, he's probably the only manager in the Premier League that probably, in some ways, likes having so many fixtures because he can play the players and the, the players can't complain that they're not playing enough. Yeah, well, he always says sense. as well how much he... He was asked about Mares on Friday and he always he's always at pains, Guardiola, to say how much it hurts him to tell players they're not playing. And he always says, I was a player, I know how much you want to play and... You know, it's the worst part of the job to tell players they're not playing. Um, he did say in in there, he basically talked about Mares and how well he did last season, how well he's doing this season. He did say the only thing that he needs to do is be calmer when he's not in the team. So I don't know if that was a little message to him that at some point you're not going to be playing. So just chill out and accept it like everyone has to do. But, you know, it, it, it is... It, by saying that, you're thinking he's obviously... He's not causing issues, but he's perhaps a bit moody around the training ground when he's not in the team and just a bit like, what's going on? Why aren't I playing? Just to take him out of the team when he's been so good, it's probably not going to help that situation. But it's the, that's Which why. is what you want as well, isn't it? You want it's what you want. You want players player. who want yeah. to play. Yeah. Um, but like, he, he probably suffers by comparison with Bernardo, though, who's, who's one of the nicest men on yeah. the planet. <laughs> and he's never going to cause any fuss. You know, he's, he's just going to... He's just going to accept it and, and support his teammates. So, but there's not many footballers like that, you know. They they do they do tend to have you to get to that level. You've got to have an ego, mm. and it's very difficult to suppress that ego. Um, you know, an ego in a good way, certainly at City, because Pep won't let them have uh, egos that run away with themselves. But Bernardo is one that just is just so level-headed, and you never see anything from him. You know, he, he could if he didn't play for the rest of this season, he'd be there on the last day cheering his teammates on and supporting them, kind of thing. You can't imagine that he would uh, he would get upset. But uh, so if you're being held up against him as a comparison, it's a little bit tough. Yeah, and we're going to go to the halftime break, but we're not going to do a halftime teaser. Instead, we'll just do a halftime start. And the start this week is. City have scored as many goals in the game against Watford as United have this season. If you ever wanted a stat that shows you the sign of the times, then I think that's probably it. They've got four of them on the opening day as well. Yeah. They got five of them in the first 18 minutes, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, so sign of the times indeed. So are we moving on? I think we'll head to the Preston game tomorrow night, Stu. And what sort of lineup would you expect Pep to field? I mean, you've got youngsters as well, but you also have players in the squad that maybe do need the minutes there's players like Foden that you we spoke earlier about what sort of squad do you think yeah I think for? that's the problem in that you know you, you always want to want to give youngsters a, a goal but he's he's got so many so many players that need minutes that you know it's a case of give, they, they, they take priority really so Claudio Bravo will play for sure Cancelo will play for sure um, now Men- Mendy will either depending on on how they feel they need to, to go with his knee he, he, he will take part whether he'll start or come on as a sub but Angelino came on as a sub at the weekend uh, weekend and did very well 
uh, and he probably needs minutes. So he's he's another possible starter. We talked about Garcia, uh, Harwood, Bellis, possibly from the bench. I would I would suggest. Um, but then you know you, you move into Phil. We don't know what's happening with Phil Foden. That's a it's an odd one because he he missed the Shakhtar trip with a stomach bug. Um, and then he, he wasn't in the match day 18 at all, unless it's a particularly nasty stomach bug that's that's carried on running and, and taking it out of him. We don't know. So that'll be interesting. If he's uh, if he's not on the team sheet, that will uh, there, there'll be a few questions asked and a few a few eyebrows raised. Um, but you know, you, 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 other other players need minutes as well. You know, the, Bernardo hasn't played as much as you would expect this season. Gabriel Jesus is, is certain, almost certain to play. Sterling didn't play on Saturday, so he'll probably come back in. Um, I mean, we the only other one that, that featured last season was Ian Paveda, um, who's, who's got a who's got a chance. He played at Burton. Um, Adrian Barnabé, who, who they like very much. Uh, he played last week in the youth league, but the player in the youth league who stood out and and uh, Cheeky Bagheristin was sitting right in front of me over in Kharkiv, watching this game was uh, Jaden Braff, who's a young Dutch winger, only just seventeen, absolute lightning uh, stands stands his full back up and then goes past him as if he wasn't there, and he set up all three goals in that youth league. He was com- he was the best player on the pitch by a mile. And I know he's been playing well in, in the youth this season. So I just wonder whether, you know, you, you quite often you get to this point in the season, the Carabao Cup, a player gets nipped out of the youth, out of the academy and shoved into the first team squad just for the experience. If I was to pick a player out who, um, who would do that this year, Jaden Braff might be might be the one because he looks a real prospect. Yeah, and I think I looked at his stats earlier and he's got like three goals in the first five games and for the academy league this season. So, yeah. Definitely got to be up but there. He's playing wide as well, and he's, he's creating. I mean, he created all three goals simply by. I mean, it, one of the goals he he got the ball on halfway, and he went past about four players, and uh, and then crossed it. I think it was was that. Oh, that was Bernabe's goal, but he crossed it for Bernabe, who swept into the far corner. So, you know, he, he he's creating as well as as well as scoring them. Is there any player in the first team that he does remind you of? Direct comparisons, maybe. Um. I suppose he's a, he's a little like Sane. Uh, he's got a, he's got a trick, you know. He, he 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 sort of moves the ball well with his feet to go past players. He's fast as anything. Um, he, he had he had the the the, the Shakhtar, I felt sorry for the Shakhtar Donetsk left back because as fullbacks often do at that level, he looked about fourteen years old. You know, a little choir boy, <laughs> and uh, he came up against this lad who was just absolutely ripping him apart. You know. They, they tried doubling up and then he went past the two players and put his cross in. Uh, they had three on three out there at one point and you could hear that you could hear the, the city coaches just shouting, Get it out to Jaden, get it to Jaden. <laughs> you know, it was obvious the way it was going. Um so yeah, I mean Sane is is, is the obvious one. And and I, I asked him actually actually afterwards, Braff, you know, is that his is, is that your position? Because he can play across the front three. Uh, and he said, oh, "Well, actually, I prefer playing on the left because he, I think he, he can come in and uh, and shoot with his right. So there's, there's a Mares there. If he yeah. uh, a little bit of Mares about if if that's the case, I haven't seen him play on the left, um, but he can play down the middle as well. I believe um, you know he could play as a striker, but rapid, quick, which isn't always a great thing. But when you're quick and you've got the control that he's got as well." 
See, I'm giving him this big build-up. You've sold he, he won't, he won't well, be in yeah. the squad now. There's no <laughs> way he'll be in the squad after me coming out of all this. But I'd, I'd love to see. I'd love to see him get a, get a chance in the first team. And uh, if Cheeky is reported back to Pep and told him what he saw on Wednesday, I think they, they might be in with a chance. Yeah, let's hope he has because I'm very excited to watch him play now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Ty, I mean, with with the Carabao Cup and Pep, I mean, he's he's won it now back to back years. Mm. I mean. Going into a into a third season, do you th- I mean, he's always he's, he's the kind of person that's going to be hungry to win every competition. Yeah. But do you think this season maybe, may in terms of importance, ease off it a bit, or just because of the, the depth yeah. have, they're going to be up there again anyway in the semi-finals? Yeah, I mean, he always he, he pays this competition a lot of respect, probably more respect than most other top six managers, and he always plays, if not strong teams, he plays some strong players in amongst the kids so he, you know it'll be interesting to see I think the real interesting thing tomorrow is what he does defensively because with only Fernandinho and Otamendi fit as sort of senior centre-backs I think it would be a risk to play either really with the games you've got coming up but then it would be very unpep like I think to play Garcia and Harwood Bellis an 18 year old and a 17 year old next to each other in the centre of defence so I think that would give us an indication of how seriously he's taken it if he does play Garcia next to say Fernandinho or Otamendi um, the other option is he does drop Rodri back in and plays Rodri as centre-half next to Garcia maybe um, so I, I mean I think I think he'll want to win it and he'll want to go far in it again um, it might not be the worst thing if they get knocked out at some point in terms of concentrating on, on other competitions but they've got the squad depth to go all the way and also it's a it's a great opportunity to give these youngsters experience we saw in the semi-finals against Burton last year, you know, Garcia played and, and impressed a lot in that game. So it, it is a great opportunity to give these young players some experience. Do you think it has any bearing on how the, how far they go in the Champions League with that as well? I mean, I'm, I'm curious to know how many of the players that were even featured in the Carabao yeah. Cup semi-final and final were really, well, any players bleeding up to it were really involved in the Champions League teams. I mean, it, it, it probably doesn't. There's maybe a little bit of crossover, certainly when it got to the final, um, a bit of crossover but they've got such a deep squad that I wouldn't think it has too much bearing really it obviously adds to the number of games you play towards the end of the season with the the league game on the weekend of the final being postponed but I, I don't think it has too much bearing on it really no I wouldn't have thought yeah we shall see but I'm guessing you both got off to Preston tomorrow night yeah right Looking forward to it. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's always nice to, to go to. I mean, I've not been to Preston for many years. Yeah, uh, remember the last time? No, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's one of those old traditional grounds. I think I think it's probably the oldest. Is it still the oldest league ground that, that's still still being used? Might um, be. Yeah, not sure because it's 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 hundred. You know, we talk about City being one hundred and twenty-five years old. I think Deepdale is probably somewhere close. Mm. You know, not many clubs have stayed. In the one spot for that long, so this is the real tradition about it, and the, you know, the Tom Finney stand and all that kind of thing. So you know, they're a great old club, and I, I always look forward to going to places like that, uh, probably because I'm old. <laughs> places you've not been to very often. It's nice that it's just down the road as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially yeah. for you. Especially for me. Yeah. yeah. How far is it for you? Uh, twenty minutes. Yeah, twenty-five minutes, half an hour maybe nice. on the motorway to get a good run. So. Then, isn't it? Could have been worse. Anything that isn't Norwich is always a bug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These cup draws, especially Carabao Cup in, in midweek early in the season, you're always 
dreading like a Bournemouth away or a Swansea away or, or something like that. So yeah. take a nice local one in Lancashire. Still only the third round, so I'd be, I'd be careful. Oh, yeah, for the yeah. Rounds. Fourth round could come back and, and bite yeah. us, maybe. We shall see. Thanks, Stu. Thank you, Ty. No if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Acast, or whichever, be sure to do so. And do give, give us your feedback if you can on Man City MEN or reach out to any of us on, on social media. Thank you for joining us, and we shall see you next time.